Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. A blockbuster by Celtic standards. By you know, I mean, this is a big trade what's most interesting to me about this trade well we'll get into the particulars in a minute uh celtics went out and did the thing we weren't sure if they would do this need for a um uh playmaking point guard but the entire conversation around malcolm brogdon who they just acquired from the indiana pacers was instead of marcus smart or instead of what they have now and it doesn't mean another move isn't forthcoming and it could be and we'll discuss that as well but in tandem with, or in addition to, for the cost that they paid here, I, I mean, this is a freaking heist. And what did we talk about on the last uh, show, Bobby? If teams want to dump quality players because they just don't want to pay them anymore, this is what you have to do if you're the Celtics at this point. You've got to pay for it. You got to get into that tax. You got to spend. You got to not be worried about it and acquire the talent if people are going to serve it up. So you just gave away nothing. Smith, Ted Tice, Neesmith, a bunch of spare parts. A pick. A, Another but, pick. But again, the door. when you're contending and you are exp- and you're and you're loading up, that pick means nothing. Okay. Those picks mean a lot when you kick them down the road and you don't know how you're gonna be in a few years and you factor in those pick swaps. That's when you start to take on risk with these picks. If you were a team that's pretty certain, and right now the Celtics have already moved to favorites in the sports books to win the title, not to contend to win the title with the moves today of acquiring Malcolm Brogdon and, uh, and, uh, and earlier uh, Gallinari. And you know what, Bobby, what's still, what do they still have? Smart. A TPE. TPE. They still, they can stand. And right before this, it broke our hearts. Uh, uh, Herder got traded for a package similar to this picks and players that are filling. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I might've preferred Herder. Uh, I know a lot of people might say Brogdon. Uh, this is a, I, I, I don't know how to not like this deal. Oh, I, it's, it's the first deal I can think of that Celtics fans claim. I'm also years. not Bob Manning. Sorry about that uh, typo there. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> this is the first signing I can think of that are moves that I can think of that Celtics fans clamored for years. How many times have we seen Brogdon in our chat and our comments and tweets and even from our own panelists here on the Garden Report? I, I can't believe it's actually reality at this price. We kicked around smart for Brogdon in the past, which I didn't. You like. gave up nothing. Yeah, you effectively gave up salary, which 
looked like salary that would actually be tough to move for anything. And Tice and Neesmith, who didn't seem to have a lot of value, with a pick. And I see the commenters, I love giving up picks. I clamored for years at the end of the age era for the Celtics to finally trade those picks. And now they've done three in a row for three really good players. They've stacked their backcourt. Uh, They have the playmaking defense versatility they need. Brogdon, you can't imagine a better fit for their system. on. Oh, my God. I mean, this is incredible. I I really am blown away by this. To give away nothing, no core pieces. And again, I agree, Bobby, that when – when we were talking about trading picks, we were talking about what we felt. This conversation spawned from a team that was middle of the pack or ten, like a 10 seed, 9 seed, 8 seed, giving away picks to fight into what we thought at the time was 6 seed territory. To me, that's bad business because you're not contending. You give away picks only when you're contending to make your team better. That's slam dunk sort of stuff. You know, it's absolute slam dunk. I also would have done it for Murray because I like the player who's under 25 as well. So there's reasons to do it. This to me is easy. It picks is all it takes to improve and to and to take stuff from teams that don't want to pay anymore. This is automatic and this is what they needed to do. But we weren't sure the money that they would pay this kind of money because this is going to put them well into the tax if they don't start to make some moves. Yeah, and you get him at this price for a reason. The injuries, the inconsistency in recent years. Uh, he's definitely notched below the 50, 40, 90 that everyone's going to throw out there through some ailments over the last couple of years here. And he's had them his whole career. So you know this guy isn't going to play a full season. The demand out there evidently wasn't great for him if the Pacers gave him up at this price. But there's another side to this too. Indiana seems to be pursuing DeAndre Ayton. This cleared up enough cap space to sign him if they want to do that. So it made sense for both sides to go this route. Uh, Flyer and Neesmith, bonus as well for the Pacers. But the Celtics here, I wonder what's next. You open up the big man spot behind Horford and Rob. You have a trio now of playmaking point guards who need the ball in their hands to some degree to help out now white smart have succeeded as off-ball players in the past they could fill more of a two role next to brogdon and tatum who probably bear the brunt of those playmaking minutes but i find the assessment by you Woj, and bond temps who came through with a story on this as well that this is the playmaking guard they need yeah what does that mean? Here's the thing. I think people mistake what playmaking means. Playmaking uh-huh. is not just an assist guy. Playmaking is a person who can generate offense on their own, whether it's through scoring or through finding people, okay, and who's a capable player. That's the, It's making plays all around, okay? Is he a super high assist guy? He's a six assist guy, which again would put him high on the uh, on this team. But he's a guy who scores, who have, you have to pay attention to, who shoots the ball well. It's all about making plays. It's not just... All, it's not just, you know, oh, he's a, he's, he's, everyone just thinks oh, you mean Ricky Rubio when you say playmaking. Playmaking is the ability to make plays, and he is a playmaking, shot creating, uh, offensive minded point guard. I think that that's, uh, I mean, exactly what you're looking for. And he's 6'5. So again, it fits exactly what you're trying to do when you're staying big and you have switchable defenders. It fits everything of what you're looking to do can he defend like smart of course not but this is a guy who's a 20 point per game scorer again health is obviously the issue but i mean 
he can shoot the ball, man. He's a career 38. You just added two career 38% three-point shooters. Before you're bringing in Derek White, who's a 32% shooter, and saying, I hope he can, I hope he can pick it up some. You brought guys in who can actually score. That's a huge thing. You didn't have it before. It's 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 incredible the depth they've assembled here in a day when they were looking paper thin. And the depth everybody's been clamoring for. That's what's so interesting, Bobby, is like it's almost fan service sort of trades, right? Like, you know, everyone's like, just get Brogdon and a guy like Gallinari and they'll be fine. And then they go get those guys, you know, and it's terrific. But it really is interesting where, you know, they they, and again, I'm not going to get super preachy about it, but like. Why do we have these discussions and then people defend it like or you defend where they're going like they need shooting they need playmaking no they're fine smart's fine they're fine he'll be better and then celebrate moves like this like it, they needed this they recognized they needed it so that's what where ki- my head goes it's what killed them they saw the team and said our offense is going to kill us it's not sustainable the jays are going to there's too much pressure on these guys and and in fact Tatum's getting worse with this, not getting worse, but Tatum is going to lose his mind if all the attention's on him all the time. If you don't put people out there who can share some offensive responsibilities, you had to do that for your stars and for the betterment of the team, even if you're not not bringing in guys who may not fit your system totally. Whereas Brogdon, I think, does, but anyway. Yeah, I, I just wonder what the trade-off's going to be for Smart and Brogdon and their roles if they're playing together here. Now, we did this at the deadline a year, <laughs> a half year ago. White comes in. We're like, what's that mean for Smart? They both end up playing together, and everything works out, and they make the finals. I still, again, I'm going to do it again, look at this move and say, what could be next here? I think this says a lot about Kevin Durant. I really do. Not necessarily, but if you are the Celtics right now and you look at the landscape and you say, all right, there's nothing that the Nets can go do right now. Get a player like Jalen Brown and move Durant. There's there's nothing else out there because they can't get Booker. They can't get Bam. They can't get those New Orleans guys. They can't get Michael Porter. It is crazy all of the guys they can't get because of that uh, because of the Simmons deal. The Simmons saying it. Can you even trade Simmons? I don't think so. so you can't, you'd have to trade Simmons for even, I mean, more pennies on the dollar than, you know, coming over which, just to know, get rid you, of him. Yeah, if you could get a Booker or Bam, maybe that's worth it. But for right now, the Celtics have a leg up in both time and – just overall value if they're willing to offer Brown for that. So can they go to the Nets and say, we'll give you Brown, we'll give you all the picks, which would be probably two or three, uh, two, three pick swap, uh, unprotected picks now after moving this 23 one. You you could go to Brooklyn and say, all right, we can give you Brown, but we're going to hold back Rob here just because no one else can offer you that one singular restarting piece like Brown. We'll give Smart. We'll give Grant whatever pieces you need here, but the centerpiece here is going to be the picks Look, and Brown. And then all of a sudden you have Brogdon, you just, Tatum, Durant, yeah. Rob. That'd be something. You did just dish a pick, so that's going to hurt you. Yep. Um, and and you've given up pick swap already in 26, so that's also something that's going to – it's hard to put on the table. So you cannot deal – I mean, look where you are right now. I actually think it's the opposite direction. You just traded 23, which means the first pick of yours you can give them is 25. 
yeah. um, because you can't trade back-to-back years. So 25 pick swaps off the table in 26, which means you're going 25, 27, pick swap 28, and then and then 29. Is that's how far out? No, 28 is the Spurs swap. So you could do 26. 28, swap. not yeah. 26. Is that right? Yep. Okay, sorry about that. You're right. It was six years forward, not 26. You're right. Um, so yes, you can do that. So you, but you're still looking at you can't trade a pick till the 25 pick. So yeah. I guess you could do swap in 24, pick in 25, swap in 26, pick in 27. Is that enough? Do you have no, to throw it's not in another great because yeah, you throw in that twenty-four swap, and that wouldn't work because the Celtics will be better than the Nets. Celtics that, will be yeah. better, so it doesn't do it for you. Yeah. So you got to kick, you got to kick that can way into the future. I don't know if Brooklyn wants to wait because they're not in a process. They're in a. If if you read the tea leaves on Brooklyn, they are not trying to rebuild. They're trying to tool on retool on the fly. Yeah, so maybe Smart's more value. So a player might be more valuable. Yeah. So at this point, they might say we need that. So maybe you can do Smart and Jalen with a single pick and a pick swap and maybe that gets you there that's a different conversation and now that you've brought in brogdon you can have that conversation uh you know uh more so it it does it it, it does open up possibilities if brooklyn is in fact looking for pieces right now and it's still, interesting yeah and you don't have as likely of a facilitating role in any durant deal and i say the chat freaking out but again this is what are they mad what, about they're mad we're even talking about durant whether you do Durant to get him or you make a move to facilitate a trade like that, there's big implications here because the Celtics opening a slot for Indiana here probably nixes any Aiton sign and trade to Brooklyn because it looks like Aiton's going to go to Indiana here. So that TP addition of Curry or Cam Johnson or whoever would be in a deal like that is probably out the window right now. But if they do a different deal where they have to move some salary and yeah. – you guys, could maybe flip Marcus Smart for Joe Harris. Yeah, There's guys, other ways you could benefit from this whole situation. So everyone in the chat doesn't go through this again. We did this already. We have debated it. I am not on board with trading Durant, uh, trading Brown for Durant, mainly because um, uh, you know the age difference, and I think. It's a safer bet to think that Durant is, if not already begun his decline and you haven't fully seen it, even though gradual, that he will sooner than later. Um, and he could potentially go off a cliff. So I'm not on board with the KD. I like this team right here. I like the youth on this team right now. I like the possibilities. So you stand pat with this group. I, again, but I understand it now that you have plugged plugged in other places where you wouldn't feel like if you did trade two pieces, you would be uh, the cupboard would be completely bare where the previous team that didn't have the pieces they added today. If you shipped out a couple of parts and picks, you were kneecapping yourself currently and your ability to kind of form a roster around what would have basically been the the, the Tatum and Durant show. All right, so let's say they're not doing Durant. So, and so I'm not saying I favor it more. What I'm saying is it makes more sense now. So all we're doing is talking about what their thinking could be. I, I understand everyone's got different viewpoints on it it's not worth debating would you do it it does open up different possibilities than existed before though you so you has to be discussed at least yeah there's a million different ways you could be involved in a move like that yeah the question is let's say there's no durant here how do you shake out brogdon and smart do those two coexist on a roster there's redundancies and it's not brogdon and smart it's brogdon smart and white so yeah. honestly uh, white White's going to be really hard to trade with the contract and his performance last year. So you may be forced to trade, not be forced to. Smart might be the only way you kind of get off, you know, 
or 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 you know potentially you know get another piece or you know like i said or roll up at this point i don't know i that's a lot There's a of chance this could be a reversal of the white move definitely and you trade him for a wing potentially or something you like could that. but i don't know if i don't know who's taking him on at that at that money after what we saw you know yeah, I mean, it could make some sense depending on how the Nets come together. I don't think anybody would be bummed out if, look, if last offseason, if if last season at the deadline they made this Brogdon trade and not the White trade, I think people would have been thrilled. Yeah. Um, I think people convinced themselves that White was the right piece. He was not the right piece. I'm sorry, guys. And it's not based only on performance. The team needed other things and things that he wasn't able to provide. They projected forward that he might be able to do more than what he'd done previously in his career offensively. And in fact, he went in the other direction. So you got the worst of everything it wasn't a perfect fit to begin with and he performed very poorly uh, at least on the offensive end he regressed um, again yeah, shooting- you can talk yourself into all the other stuff he did but nobody said that's what he was going to do and would have been excited about it yeah like, nobody said it. all we all he has to do is playoff. come here yeah score <laughs> if some if people said at the time of the trade all he has to do is come here score six points a game and shoot 29 percent from three That'll be perfect. No, that's not what you expected. You thought he was going to get better next to the Jays as a shooter. You thought he'd really solve the connectivity issues that they were dealing with at the time. And instead, it got worse as the postseason progressed, and he couldn't factor in it at all. Uh, So, yeah, this definitely could be the beginning of the end of White's time here. We want to take a quick pause, tell you about our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball scores, all the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use that promo code CLNS50 to get the bonus and get into the action. Once again, that's betonline.ag promo code CLNS50 for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. If you want to look at it and say they'll keep all these guys in place, figure out the minutes and the rotation, maybe they go toward a smaller lineup like you kicked around our last video, John, and move Horford to the bench. These are all possibilities of making this work. Plus, Brogdon's a shooter who projects to fit better next to Smart than some of the other guys. He could sort of be that off-ball secondary facilitator here. But then you look at him and say, he's not solving your playmaking issues if he's in that white role off the ball, funneling the ball through the corner. He's a guy you want on the ball a ton if he's going to solve those issues. So that's where I... That's where I fall here because that moves Smart back to shooting guard. That moves White off the ball a bunch. And you effectively have two guards who struggle to shoot who are going to be off the ball more next to Brogdon here. So I do wonder how this all shakes out fit-wise. I know everyone's going to freak out over it because, you know, there's a lot of Marcus love here. I I don't think it's off the table that Malcolm Brogdon starts at point guard and Marcus Smart gets kicked to the bench. That's why I think of Durant. It's a consolidation move. This is where he spent the majority of his career. It's not blasphemy to think that that's uh, a direction that they would potentially go. But how would he respond to that? Well, it doesn't matter because he's done it his whole life. And yeah, how does he respond? I don't know. He feels disrespected and then he goes out and he shows you that he's the he's the man. I don't think he's going to sup, you know, take pout, take his ball and go home or tank the season. I think it's possible. 
do you bring Brogdon off the bench? It's also possible. Do, is, do you play them both? And Jalen at the three with Tatum at the four and a single big? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Again, we're going to obsess over starting lineup, and it's not going to matter as much. What this does is it gives you a lot more combinations that you can use uh, without sacrificing so much. Every single time, right now, what Brogdon brings to you is an offensive presence you didn't have when you sit Tatum and or Brown. Every lineup I feel when those guys, when one of those two was off the court, was so limited, especially when you had White uh, alongside performing poorly, you know, offensively and Pritchard when his shot wasn't falling. And you'd put some of those lineups out there and be like, I don't know if they're ever going to score. And now it gives you more ability to have two scorers on the floor at all times. Um, You're super and you're flexible and you throw in Gallinari who can also shoot and gets you buckets. You have offense now without having to worry. Only one guy on the floor right now can score. That's a totally different dynamic than what you had before. What a what a transformational day for this team. Even if this is it, I think people would be thrilled if this is it going into next year. Vegas now calling the Celtics the title favorites. I saw yeah. in one spot. This is this is incredible what they were able to pull off here at such a low cost using your mid level on a guy who was such a, a low cost. Oh my god, Tyson Neesmith. Could you imagine if we kicked around Tyson Neesmith being enough? To get Brogdon a week or two ago, it would have seemed crazy. You know, rest in peace, both Neesmith and Romeo. I'm glad we don't have to talk about whether oh, or not man. they're going to turn it around ever again. That. Oh, a year ago, January, we were saying, should they just give free reign to Romeo, Neesmith, and Pritchard? Again, oh, it would have been disaster again we weren't far from that being a thing, and the reason being was mainly because we like legit didn't know what else to do, you know? And how about Brad? I mean, we had no clue what he was going to be capable of as GM. This is pretty amazing stuff, one year and change in that he's pulled off here. Now, again, is Brogdon a foolproof addition here? There's a reason you probably got him at this price, and it's the injuries are the big one. There's a chance that he misses a significant portion of this year given his track record of injuries. Looking at his games year to year, uh, last year was a disaster, 36 out of 82. 56 out of 72 the year before was better. 54 out of 72 the year before that, not great. 64 out of 82, not great. 48 out of 82, not great at all. He hasn't been healthy since his rookie year. So you got to pencil in, what, 20 games without him? So that's a reason to have Smart and White around more than any other if you're going to keep this group together is that you can't count on Brogdon being out there for a full season. So you're going to need the other guards here. This is why you got him at this price, uh, a fair price for Indiana, I think, given what else was out there. But that's the downside here. This is a guy who has never been healthy, and you're going to have to deal with that and potentially deal with it in a playoff setting. If you lose him in the playoffs, that could be a significant hit. Look, that's, again, here. Imagine you deal with if, it, but I'm just mentioning it. because No, it's, it's just you have to think of the cost. Imagine yeah. Malcolm Brogdon is a guy who played 80 games a year with these numbers. He's, he's, he's securing $30 million deals right now, um, and, and you're trading multiple firsts to get a player like that. There's a reason why it comes at this. There's a reason why Gallinari you get for the MLE. There's a reason why Malcolm Brogdon can be had for Tyson Neesmith in a first-round pick that's going to be in the, in the late 20s um, because there's uncertainty there. Yep. You know, you, um, and it's a team that just doesn't have the luxury at this time in their, in their stage of development to pay this kind of money to somebody who is – 
not perfect for them. You know, it's, yeah. uh, and, and no, so it's, not, I, it's been yeah. a long time since he's been that player. Like you said, the one that could have secured borderline max money given the production that he had there. And remember that he pushed the bucks tough. He was a huge part of those bucks teams and he just yeah. ended up costing too much for them now making $22 million a year still. So he was that kind of player, but the last time everyone's tossed around this 50, 40, 90 number, that was 2019. A kind of a long time ago now. Last year he was what thirty one percent from three. Last year was a tough year from three for sure. Yeah, in, in limited minutes. But the year before he's thirty eight. It was forty five, thirty eight, eighty seven. So I mean, I know you're throwing those out there. Those are terrific numbers. Thirty nine percent from three. Uh, you know, uh, you know, a season yeah, ago. So just trying to explain why you got him at this. Point, you know, uh, and so. and I totally agree. And I, I think that that's you know you have to factor that into um, your overall thinking. And hold on one second here. Uh, so that's the that's the opposite of the of the notion I put out there is that this might not be a move saying we're going to go all in on Brogdon at the spot and get rid of Smart or pivot in another direction with KD. Adding him to this group that allows you to have other pieces in place, Smart, White, maybe even Pritchard, although I think Pritchard's time here is probably coming to an end with a move like this. You could sustain an injury to Brogdon and still be okay because you have Smart because you have white. So if you're looking at this team and saying it's going to stand and this is going to be the group they carry into next year, you, you could sustain a 50, 60 game Brogdon season. You're not so reliant on him that if he gets hurt, your season's thrown into the dumpster. You have a ton of depth at point guard and, you know, you might be as well positioned as anyone to acquire a player like Brogdon and get the benefit out of him. The only thing you have to add at this point is backup big. So is it, Thomas Bryant, is it Jalen Smith? There's a bunch of good options still out there. I like Dwight Howard a lot, who hasn't been mentioned much. Don't ever say that to me. I I, I like oh. what he brings to the table at this age and how he's moved into a role player. I don't know if the personality fits, but man, yeah. he can play as a bench big. You know how to Dwight fan? I wasn't at the height of his powers. I think he's absolute clown. I don't think he takes <laughs> things seriously. Yeah. I don't think any of his teammates like or respect him. I think everywhere he goes, people are like, why is this guy here? I just, I, I, I'm just, I'm not, I just don't like what he's selling. I'm not interested. Sorry. Just never yeah, happened. There's a bunch of options out there. Maybe it's personal. I just, you know, and you're right, you know, physically a person like that on a, you know, but I, I, I you know, I don't know what that guy's. I don't know what that guy's motivation is. Six and is. six last year. He wasn't great. Now it's 37 years old, too. Yeah. Probably you know, not you know where I lost you know where I lost everything for him? I can't remember, you know, who he was playing for at the time, but it was, you know, they were playing Celtics and Baines. And um he was having his way with them early. Um, you know, just physically uh was uh, you know, kind of, you know, definitely winning the battle in the first half. And you know, this is four years ago. And then he just got tired of running into Baines over and over again because he was just a brick wall and he scored zero points in the second half against the Celtics because just watched him just wilt. He's a disaster on offense. think I lost you. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think you're gone, John.
Yeah, I lost you. It was I thought my headphones went out. So I'm here, John, going to fix this. We are going to get reaction, and I'm, I think John was actually just about to tease it, from Jimmy Toscano, because Jimmy, I teased it early in the show, was as big of an advocate of Malcolm Brogdon and the Pacers going back to that 2019 season where they were pretty good. And this chat, in Celtics media, anyone, Jimmy Toscano, like Horford a year ago for me, I guess this is Jimmy's banner summer, was the king of Brogdon to the Celtics. And he is going to give us some reaction here at some point. That's my hope. Healthy. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get to, um, the uh, the Toscano reaction. But I froze myself trying to load Jimmy. Yeah, so here, here we go. Jimmy, we're going to see him live on location reporting gonna, on the Malcolm Brogdon edition. Yeah, and, and just to preface this, you know, from a lot of people, um, there's probably nobody, there's definitely no one on the guard report that was pushing harder for Brogdon. This is great. Jimmy. We had me and Horford last year, Jimmy and uh, Brogdon this year. Unreal. And, and, so Jimmy, and Jimmy, Jimmy basically would take everyone the Pacers have to offer. He's, uh, you know, that's that's his uh, his number two team. Uh, but he's been pushing this Brockton thing, and nobody else has been happier. So we're going to hear from Jimmy Toscano here, reporting on the uh, Toscano trade on the Brockton trade. Fellas, sorry I couldn't make it today. I'm about to go live at Hunters in Saudi from three to six. So after the show, come on over. Um, but I couldn't not comment on the trade of the year, trade of the century. Malcolm Brogdon to the Boston Celtics. I've been begging for this trade to happen for years. And I'm finally right. I hit on something. Uh, I knew Brad Stevens was a massive fan of Brogdon. He's talked about him many times uh, over his coaching career. And it was just a matter of time before this match was made. Uh, love the Celtics. Barely gave up anything for it. Neesmith, nice now on you, Tice. Round two wasn't so fun. Um, a pick and, you know, the poo-poo. It was an Aaron Neesmith poo-poo platter, I guess I can call it. Um, but, hey. Celtics get um, Gallinari, Celtics get Brogdon. They haven't lost anybody of importance, really. And you're enough for another long playoff run here. Nobody happier than Jimmy Toscano. Yeah, that's great reporting. Right from Southie. <laughs> right from Southie. Jimmy, he's about to go live. He's a, he's a musician, by the way. Check out his stuff. Every time he gives you a plug, if you're in the area, you should go check it out. Um, I might go the, see him in a little bit. Now that the summer's here, you'll probably see us, uh, you know, popping in uh, and out of those things when we can as well. So um, Jimmy is definitely uh, a huge Malcolm Brogdon fan. And again, I just haven't seen anything negative here. Um, so uh, just in terms of anybody, it really comes down to uh, fit here. Uh, and when what you expect, uh, the and Celtics fit and health and what you expect the Celtics to do. Um, again, I'll throw it out there. You know, do you see a world in which, uh, this flops and flip flops? Do you see starting them both? Do you see if they're both on the roster, you know, to, to, to start opening day, uh, or do you see Brogdon coming off the bench? I think he comes off the bench. You got to stick with the double big lineup. That was the best in the NBA. Do last you? Year. Yeah, how can you know? It was plus 24, John. The numbers are insane over 400 minutes. I, they were unstoppable. When but that, but does that mean there. it can't be better? Well, maybe you go in that direction when it stops working. But to this point, 
That lineup hasn't come close. To Again, it, it didn't come close because it was the best five players that they had also at the times. And that was undoubt. That was undoubtedly the drop. But the off, defense was unbreakable too. But the drop off from those five to the net to anyone else you put on the court was pretty significant. So again, it's not saying much that the numbers were that much better. I know they were best in the league, but I don't believe that it can't be improved upon. And I don't believe that over time, um, you can't get more balanced throughout and 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 strengthen your rotations uh, in other parts of the game without having to sell out entirely on having all of that uh, into, into one unit. Well, what you can do, and you know how important starting is to some guys and the flow of the game, ultimately, the guys who finish are more important than the starters. So what you're going to look at is I think placating smart as that starter, as the continued leader of the team and all the different things you say about him by having him in that starting lineup still, I think there's probably benefits to starting the game defensively with smart over Brogdon smart, much more versatile defender, a guy who can defend across positions. And then you can sub Brogdon in for a big, you know, limit Horford's minutes that way, keep Horford in the starting lineup, which is, I'm sure, what he would prefer. And then you have options throughout the course of a game. You can rotate from there, and then you could close with a Brogdon Smart one big lineup if you want. I think that's the best way to go. Why mess with the chemistry of the team by sending Smart to the bench? It's not messing with Horford. it. I think not- I don't think those guys would love that. Here's the thing. It's not messing with it as much as it is um, playing around with stuff. It, what's What's worse? Coming into camp, coming in and saying, yeah, Brogdon's going to start and Marcus is coming off the bench, or coming in and have Marcus shoot 28% from three for the first quarter of the season, you know, and then everybody be clamoring for him to be uh, benched and then do it in season. No matter what, if you move, if you – if you move pieces around because you want to try something different at any point in time, early or late, early, middle, late, it's going to ruffle feathers. So with the understanding that you might try different things just to see how they work and just be happy that you have all of these pieces. And if everybody buys into that, knowing basically only Jalen and Jason are guaranteed to start, the rest of you will figure it out. You're all going to play significant minutes, but I just don't know what I'm going to do because we're going to play around with lineups and rotations until we find what we like. That shouldn't be that hard um, to convey to people and it should be honestly how everyone plays and i don't think anybody outside of the jays has any right to have ego when it comes to starting uh when it comes to what what you know when they play or how much they play because uh, they're not stars you the rest of you are complementary pieces and marcus smart has spent his entire career mainly as a sixth man it's not that insulting to move him in and out of there because the the thing with smart is he might not have started, but he closed a lot because he was valuable to what you, you what, what you brought there. And, you know, especially when you're protecting leads late in games and that's going to happen a lot. I still think smart's immensely valuable. So you have to, I think, enter this season saying you're still of enormous stature on this team. This isn't a guy coming in to replace you. This isn't a guy filling your playmaking deficiencies and moving you off the ball. Like there are so many ways that this could be received wrong from him in particular. And then adding that, adding to that, moving him to the bench. I I don't think it's a great formula for getting the best out of Smart because if Smart's here, you still want him to be his most focused, motivated, 
active self, right? Because he's an enormous part of what they're doing on defense. Still, I think the point guard of this team right now. Like, I think it's close between those two in terms of overall passing. Brogdon, you hope, can improve them throughout the flow of the lineups here. But it is a little awkward because Woj drops this, drops this, and you know Woj is a team guy, drops this line that this solves the playmaking need. And does Smart receive that as, oh, I couldn't do it? Like, how how personally did Smart take that playmaking point guard status on the team? I mean, it's very like a badge of honor. It's been a chip on his shoulder. And honestly, it's been a chip on the shoulder of Celtics fans who I don't know why continue to insist that Marcus Smart is one of those guys. It's strictly offensively, he's not. He's clearly bottom third of the league just in terms of what he can bring to the table offensively. It's just canceled out by his ability to defend because his value is so high because he is this big defensive player of the year, you know, caliber guard um, who's switchable and does all of these things. So it cancels out. But if you just cut him in half and just looked at him offensively, he's clearly bottom third of the league. And I don't know why people defend it. It's not an insult. You're looking at the whole player and the whole player is immensely valuable. But I've always said with smart, that I believe he's that guy who you put in there to give the game what it needs instead of say, you're the point guard, run the show, make everyone around you better. I've never, ever thought that that was what he does best. I thought he was the best suited on the roster that they had to do it. But why do we delude ourselves into believing that he's actually good at it? He's not. He's not. And it's not an insult because he's still an outstanding basketball player for everything that he does and also a capable point guard. But you needed a little bit more from that position. So I just don't think it's that insulting to say that. You know, I don't know why you can you can point to certain players and be like, he's not great defensively. But then you continue to insist that somebody who's not great offensively is his track record throughout his career is that he's not a terrific offensive player, both in terms of his ability to shoot, to get by people and get to the rim, to finish at the rim. And as a distributor, he's pretty good. He's not great. He's not an exceptional ball handler. He's he's pretty good. Well, at wouldn't, you call, wouldn't you call last year his best offensive season by it far? It was because he played, he stopped doing the stuff he was doing um, with, uh, you know, with forcing the issue, trying to take shots, look for his because offense. Because his role changed. His role changed. and But again, it's it changed because it had to, and it changed because he's the only guy on the team that could possibly have done it for them last year. And thank God he did because that really turned their season around. And I've said it. You know, everyone will be like, oh, this is Marcus Smart slander. I credited Smart's turnaround with the season turnaround. The two things I thought were most important, Smart – accepting that role we might have gotten spooked because he thought he was getting shipped at the deadline but he completely bought in and you got 40 games from him where he was exactly what you were exactly what you needed him to be and switching rob defensively there and kind of playing that free safety where he was just wreaking havoc everywhere really turned the defense around there those two things i thought were the most important things and it opened things up for everyone else um i still think again you just have to look at it objectively and say yeah they needed it they needed it they have to know that they needed it and obviously because they went out and got a player like this it's very clear that brad knew it and it's very clear that he may knew it and uh, i mean know, there's no mistake he may never been super sold on smart the point guard i think he likes smart the player but i don't think he's sold on smart the point guard 
no, there's no way. You don't make a move like this if you are. So that's why I ask, what does, where does this land smart? Because he hasn't been as good in his career off the ball offensively. I think there's be some personal feelings about having his role taken away from him because that's effectively what you're doing here with Brogdon, right? You're positioning him far more often in the role Smart filled last year and had some success with. I'm not saying it's the wrong move. They clearly... You look at that playoff run, and we, we went back and forth about this. Like, do is playmaking a huge need? Do you need a real point guard, if that's what you want to call Brogdon, because Smart isn't that? I don't know how you could look at their run and say you didn't. It was a turnover every time down the floor. No one could fix it. Smart couldn't. Brown couldn't. Tatum, Horford. No one on the roster could fix the turnover issues. You ask these guys post game, what can you do to stop the turnovers? And it's just like, oh, be more careful. And the next game, it's 18 more turnovers. So it got to a point where it not only derailed them in the finals, it could have derailed them in these finals, and it could have derailed them in round two. It was consistent, and it got worse throughout the playoffs. So I understand why they did this. There's no doubt that they needed an improvement at point guard. But now you have, by product of that, a challenge chemistry-wise, lineup-wise, and role-wise with Smart, who still, as you said, is immensely valuable. But we know how he is, John. We talk to him all the time. We hear from him. We Max had him in the elevator talking about his role. This is very important to him. And the, you can't deny, you can't understate how personally he might take this. So this I, is, don't, I don't know what you do about it. Again, this, is, this has followed him since Oklahoma State. This followed him in his first year in the league. This is a guy You think who, he's excited they did this today? I don't know. Um, I, I think, uh, again, I don't know his mindset. Uh, maybe he's happy to have the ha- – I don't know. I mean, I don't know his mind. I, I could see how uh, a competitive person, uh, one like Marcus, who believes he is the right guy for this team at this position, might view this a little bit as uh, – so what are you saying about me? You know, so yes, I, I absolutely. Well, the the answer is to start him and bring Brogdon off the bench because you can. But I, I'm not into. I'm not into placating. I'm not into yeah. doing that. Do you once you do that, oh, what if what if you get a worse version of Smart because you he's talk unhappy. about identity? If you need to pacify somebody by 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 handing them up by you know handing them a binky and saying you still get to start because I don't want you upset, you've already got chemistry problems. Especially if you believe the coach believes or other people on the team believe someone else is better suited to start. As soon as you put somebody in there just simply to pacify their ego, you've got a problem. You're not talking about a 22 year old kid that but hasn't it's not earned it just yet. Pacifying him because he hasn't earned that starting lineup still has huge sense. Just it does. Of the defense. Bobby, you're not wrong, but if you're doing it simply because you're worried about how Marcus is going to feel, you brought in Brogdon. He's not a friggin' 22 year old, 23 year old kid. He's 29. He's a veteran. Okay. Everybody here believes they have a right to start, to minutes, to contribute. Okay. So I don't care who was here first. I don't care. You play, you fiddle with it until you get the lineups you want, and that's it. That's it. If it's going to be an issue, you've already got chemistry problems. And if you're going to have the same problem you had, if you're going to have the same problem you had when the kids got pissed off because Gordon was playing, you've got problems in-house and you got to solve those problems in-house. You're not going to do it by handing people token starting spots. 
No, I don't think it's token because they succeeded last year and they went to the final. You know what I mean? Not yeah. doing if that's the only reason you're doing it, then you've got a problem. But you're right. Yeah, no, you I can do it comfortably, do it and you can do it comfortably because they played so well last year. Yeah, and again, I don't think you want to introduce anything that isn't necessary. If you're still going to get a benefit from bringing Brogdon off the bench very quickly for Al, limiting his minutes by having Brogdon here, allowing those two to play together, and keeping Smart in his starting role where he fits great defensively. And when we were talking about trading for these two, like straight up, I didn't love it. I didn't advocate for it because Brogdon's a solid defender, good point of attack guy. He's not going to defend bigger guys, though, and he's not going to be able to rotate across the perimeter the way Smart can. Like Smart is a significantly better defender than Brogdon. Uh, Brogdon's a very capable defender, and he's a guy who was an ascending talent. People were talking about him potentially all defensive a couple of years ago. It's really a matter of health. And again, he's not the same as Smart. It's hard to compare people to Marcus Smart. He's the defensive player of the year. Brogdon's a totally capable defender. You're not losing a ton you're not it's not a massive drop off when you put when you insert him there as it will be you know with Gallinari when you put him in there you've got to worry about hiding him uh you know a little bit defensively you, you don't have to worry about Brogdon you can put him in there as the one or the two and he's going to hold his own yep and he's incredibly versatile and you know at 22 million nothing wrong with saying come off the bench if that's what he's going to do I think he'll be able to swallow that coming to a new team, a winning team after being in Indiana hurt last year fairly easily. White, you're going to have to take even bigger of a backseat there, and we'll see if they even think he's worth having part of this team. I still think he is just because he showed some promise as that off-ball playmaker last year. Going to have to get that shot down, though, or he's going to be a really tough fit across a lot of these lineups. Pritchard, I don't know. Is this the end of Pritchard? I think it is. No, this is this is what we said. What did the Celtics want to do desperately? What did they want to do? I uh, You wanted to slide Pritchard and Grant from your 7 and 8 to your 9 and 10. You just did that in the span of two hours. You think so? Okay? Yeah, I mean, you just inserted two people ahead of them. That's yeah, it. Grant, Grant's still over Gallinari, I think. It's questionable. I mean, you, you're t- for all that Grant did... Gallinari does what he does all day offensively. Grant has far more defensive versatility, so obviously he's still got a role here. But you really brought in guys that are going to – and now you get to play more situationally dependent, um, where guys come in in roles that suit them. uh, And you have that flexibility. Before, Grant had to play 25 minutes, didn't matter who you were playing, and so did Derek White because you just didn't have options. Now you can – play around with it um, and, 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 and survive. You can give Tatum and Brown some, uh, some rest uh, and not worry that you're going to have to start Aaron Neesmith. Like you've got, you are now, if you were, if you were seven or eight deep before, you're now 10 deep right now. Um, And you've still got the ability to add both with a veteran big that you'll probably going to bring in, um, you know, with a veteran minimum uh, contract and that TPE still out there, whether or not they're going to use that to swing a $17 million player. I doubt it. I always believed that TPE was more likely to be broken in half and to bring in somebody in the nine, $10 million range. And I still wouldn't be stunned if they did something like that. You know, we talked about a guy like Marcus Morris, um, that, that would make sense to me. You know, I, I don't know if they go the full 17, but you still might bring in another player um, to add depth here. And again, I, I just, these are champagne problems. Who's starting, who's closing. You just added, ta- oh, I lost you, Bobby. Can anybody hear Bobby? I cannot. And I don't know if it's a glitch on my end. 
No, he had to go. He had to go. Bobby will be, but he couldn't hear Bobby. Okay, yep, I got confirmation. Uh, so just to recap, if you're a Celtics fan, who starts, who finishes, these are problems that are going to be worked out during the year. It really doesn't matter at all. You needed depth so badly. You needed offense so badly. You just got two depth pieces and much, much, much better offensively uh, than you were five hours ago, which is really what's amazing here. And we'll bring Bobby back in. You got me now? I got you. So, again, all of this stuff doesn't matter, and it's no reason for us to tear each other apart. We'll figure out where it goes. Again, you don't know what kind of condition Brogdon's going to be in to start the season. Um, There's a lot of factors in here. You don't know what they're – you don't know what the Celtics plan to do for someone like Horford. Do they want to give him a break? Do they want to peel back his minutes a little bit? It wouldn't be stunning, right? Do they want to stay with double big? Do they want to kind of vary that lineup? Do they want to have shooting out there uh, more, you know, much more shooting? Uh, it could change a lot with their rotations and who they play here, but it's just, they've got choices now, which is great. That would be the easiest, smoothest way to do it is if Horford and them agree that him taking a bench role would be more beneficial. Though, talking to him last year early in the season, smart starting was important to him. You know, that was something he said was something he would prefer to do. So, again, I think it is important to guys, and we'll see how they shake that out. But as of now, TP-wise, I don't picture anything happening. Give me a there. wing. Give me a wing. Give me a wing. Give me somebody. Like Malik Bees. It's just expensive for who these guys are. I know – Josue love Marcus Morris. I don't see the fit next to Brown and the way he plays. This is this is your move here, right? This is your big addition. I don't know if you're gonna Marcus go. fits Marcus is 16-3. I mean, he fits right into it. Um so I that's mean that's a big, big tax hit though for a guy that I don't know hit. helps you that much. Right now, by the way, credit at the end of the show, a guy that we've railed on here for two years. Wick making that dive into the tax. Celtics facing a $30 million tax bill after these moves here. Good. Perfect. Good. Good. Cause you just got you just got a $13, $14 million check for staying under last year. So that's that, you know, half of that is a wash. I don't, you know. Yep. This is this is great because we weren't sure, but he was right. Do whatever it takes, and Brad did. It is big hats off because again. And I and I'll you know will will you know I'll, if he goes in and they use the full TPE and they don't shift salary out, that'll be interesting as well. That would be incredible. Yeah, they'd be so, up in that Nets Warriors stratosphere at that point. Right now, I think they're kind of in a class of their own in the second tier of teams payment wise with the Bucks. So they're up there. I mean, they've paid to Wick's credit. He uses that line we pay, and if you're talking relative to the league they absolutely pay like their top five ten teams in terms of payroll over his tenure there but there's still a stratosphere above them whether it's the nets or warriors that are in a different universe and you're competing with obviously after losing the golden state largely based on depth there so do you need more depth beyond this uh, so i you need a you need you you got to spell those guys you, you know uh, Gallinari is not a guy who spells them, right? No, yeah. you got to spell Tatum and Brown. I, I really think, and again, I, when I ranked needs, I had the wing as the top one with uh, with the playmaking point guard number two. 
um, and uh, the veteran backup big three. See, that's why need- I don't love Gallinari because he's not a guy who can spell them. He's useful, but he, you aren't putting Gallinari in for Brown and saying, all right, same thing here. You are not. And now seeing that they got Brogdon, you know, a guy like Bruce Brown, you know, again, it's I don't know. I, I understand why they got it, because I really do think they want they want that four to be a, a guy who can stretch. They really want to stretch it. I'm really curious what their designs are because I do think there's a world in which you don't play double big anymore because you don't have to um, because you want to have more shooting out there and you still can defend it at an you elite have level. That, yeah, yeah, you want to have that three-wing option. And Neesmith was a guy that if he figured it out could have potentially done that and now he's gone too. Yeah. People love Kuzma. I don't know why the Wizards would trade him after – Walking up Beal and trying to figure out what they're doing right now. He's a core piece to them, I think. Uh, and there really aren't a lot of names now. Once Barton goes, KCP, like in terms of wings to help you out, it's probably just Malik Beasley at this point in terms of guys yeah. who are still available that could actually join your team. Kelly Oubre. I like Oubre. Love. Yeah. I love. I, I honestly, I would love that. I really. And would. that's not a huge hit at twelve six. I love. I would love Oubre. I think he'd be terrific. Yeah, Covington, maybe the Clippers don't have as much of a use for him after bringing back Batum, and they still have Morris. They have a million wings there. So maybe he's an option. Dylan Brooks, if the Warriors want to shed some salary there. These are still guys that you could potentially add here. And there's Dallas Big since they signed McGee. Could you go with Maxi Kleber as your backup big? Dwight Powell, who was here before, is a nice pick-and-roll big who defends a little bit. So there's options out there, especially on the mid-tier of the salaries here. Like I'm, Duncan Robinson's out the window at this point, obviously, and I, I think Morris is probably a little expensive too than what they're looking for marketing in no way. But there's a few guys in there that still make some sense. Terrence Ross I never loved. Uh, so I'm probably a no one. I love him less every year. We talk about getting Terrence Ross <laughs> here and he just gets a year older and just even more mediocre if that's possible. Like, yeah. So again, I always hated that name. Yeah. It's just like, that's the ultimate, like settle name, you know, like, I guess I'll have, you know, it's like eating a bowl of cereal. Like it's fine. <laughs> Any interest in Jay Crowder? I guess I'll have it. I love Jay. I've always said all they need off the bench is a Jay Crowder type. Um, so I would, oh my God, Jay Crowder, I'd friggin' I'd be thrilled. He's, I oh, mean, I that would, would be, be a great return. And a little bit of snarl and back. a little bit of guy. You know, you want a little bit of a uh, little bit of attitude there. Oh, I would love that. We mentioned Dwight. Any Carmelo Anthony interest if he, if he wants to ring chase here? No, nope. I'm uh, not completely against it. But I mean, what are you paying Carmelo? The minimum. Veteran minimum. Yeah. Sure. That would be nice. And not exactly a guy who makes you a versatile wing, you know, heavy team in his lineups, but he could come in and spell your Tatum and Brown a little bit there. I guess, I guess the thinking is Gallinari is probably what Melo is at this point, right? So that's probably a little redundant. Jay, I love that one. I don't know what the Suns are doing in terms of this Durant pursuit right now. If they're going to lose Aiden for nothing, I don't like what is going on there. Well, now Indiana's Indiana's in play for Aiden. You know, like which you know again. I'm. What are the Suns doing? Are they just cutting costs? Maybe you get crowded because they don't want to pay them, and you walk away. That that would be something. Uh oh, Jalen liking tweets. Uh oh, Jalen liking tweets. He's excited about it. No more smart. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man. Jalen liking tweets. I will say, that? Celtics fans didn't love Crowder. I don't know if it was because he got mad. No, they uh, did. Hayward at the Hayward applause saga there, or whatever it was. Disagree. He was a little inconsistent. The, the Crowder story was that he was the best they had but not nearly as good as some Celtics fans made him out to be. And as soon as it was the idea of upgrading at that position, you know, you had the Hayward cheering for him, this and that. So he got soured. Fans love Jay Crowder. I think people would welcome him back with open, open arms here. Oh, I would love it. I, I was a huge fan of him. I still remember when they first got him and I went to the first game he played in and he was just running around everywhere. I'll never forget that. Like sending picks, defending guys, grabbing steals. It was like, whoa, where did this guy come from? And he was great in Dallas before that too. Uh, that was a really good move by Danny. And that was the Rondo trade, right? That brought him over? It was It was, it was a great move. The, they, they made so many great low-key moves. Obviously, Isaiah being another huge one there. Um, that, that was before to, Isaiah. To build actually. that team. And that was just a team that you were just a bunch of band-aids holding it together while you waited to cash in some of your chips um that you know that was great jay was great here yeah, uh, Jay's been, and he's been huge, he's been great since he left yeah huge part of miami finals run huge part of phoenix finals run so he proved to be super valuable and he was good in cleveland too right after you left the celtics so that wasn't a perfect fit because lebron didn't want those guys there <laughs> Think about the amount of things we no longer have to talk about. We have to, we no longer have to argue about Neesmith, Romeo and Tice. Those just, that just eliminates so many pointless discussions that we would get into. I can't believe they moved Tice in this deal. Again, isn't it something? <laughs> I actually said this um, in our Celtics blog Slack yesterday. I always overrate how hard it is to move money. I look at Tice's 9 million and I'm like, Two years, nine million each. Who's taking that? And the Pacers take them for Brogdon. Like it's unreal. If you throw a first at a team, they're taking any money. It feels like, like the Lakers with Russ right now. It feels like the only reason they can't get off them is they don't want to move those future picks. If someone, if if they move twenty seven or twenty nine, they could probably be right off Russ, but they don't want to do it. So money in this league, very easy to move, get off of. And that's what you mentioned earlier with Gallinari, too. If it doesn't work perfectly, $6 is like nothing to move. Never mind 8 or 47 in Russ's case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, you know, again, you see money being tossed around. It's just the, the Tice money bothered me only because you were afraid that um, they were afraid to spend uh, and so you're just burning money on stuff that you're not using. And if you're really, you know, cap conscious there, that's just dead money. Uh, so getting out from under it is terrific. Yeah. You know? And the key for Indiana is Brogdon made so much on that. So they yeah. open up this max here and I, it does look like that's where Aiton's going to go. So we'll see what the next shooter drop in the Durant saga is because that's what everyone's waiting on right now. Right. Like that's gonna hold up probably everything from this point on is what happens with Durant and they can't wait too long. Uh, you wonder is this gonna become a Simmons situation because you have to address Kyrie and you can't just bring both those guys back into camp though it does seem like they're amicable. We talked about it yesterday. There's a reason Durant doesn't want to be there anymore and if he wanted to be with Kyrie he'd probably just be staying. So you you wonder what's gonna happen there. What team's gonna emerge? Do they find a suitor for Simmons? Do they find a suitor for Kyrie that allows them to bring Durant back and pitch him on staying? 
the, these are the questions we're going to ask here. You wonder if it's almost Simmons and Irvin that get addressed first, and then you go back to Durant and say, is there anything we can do to keep you here? Because they do have a four-year contract with them. Uh, they do have some flexibility here. If you're the Nets, you probably have to beg them to stay. Uh, but in the meantime, they're going to look for that suitor. And There's not a ton of them right now. If you look around the league, the Celtics have the best package. So if you could do it for just Brown, and here we go. The chat's going to light me up again. <laughs> I don't know how you don't consider it. I, I just don't know. It's all right. And again, it's it. I don't know what their mind is. I just, you know... I, I, let me just let me just reset to before Durant uh, demanded this trade. I I do feel that everybody was pretty bullish on this core. Didn't want to break them up. I feel like people like you were using the word untouchable for Jalen Brown. And now before you, Durant, I know. And now you have you have improved significantly um, without even using your TPE. <laughs> Which means again, you have even more of a path to, to, I'm not, to improve. The second I the the word the moment the D sound comes out of my mouth, the chat goes no. <laughs> but all of that happened. You still have you still have a TPE, which means you could end up even a little bit better. Uh, and that why the KD move is a sellout to win in a year and then to not, and then to fall, fall apart. Why would you do that? You can really build something, you know, like I, 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 I don't fully get it. I, I will I, say I, this. If you know, let me placate the chat here. If you know, De, uh, Brown staying for another max contract after this one, or then you don't fairly yeah, confident, course. then you don't do it. Uh, but there is that factor there. There's a window with Brown. There's a window with Durant. So you got to pick which the, one. The is window with Durant is the you, the window with Durant is twofold. You have a window of a guy who, at thirty four, could start to decline, and then you're not loving the last couple of years of the deal because you gave away a younger piece. And the other window is he has now at his last two destinations forced his way out of town because he didn't like something. Once it was that he didn't like that Draymond was mean to him, and the other was because Kyrie's a lunatic or he didn't whatever reason these are not great reasons you made a long-term commitment to a team and you said get me out of here that's ridiculous that is an unreliable it's incredible person. unreliable it hasn't even started hasn't even started and he wants out unreliable so again those two things and plus also from a personality standpoint i don't like the guy so i just i you know just i can't deny any of those here. points yeah, yeah. But the value of adding one of the greatest players of all time for Brown. who again, I know. This isn't disrespect. This is saying you have the best piece. Brown's so amazing that you can outbid anyone else's offer and stay amazing yourself. And maybe it's smarter, whatever else at that point. And you still have this core that is a little close to a championship at that point. Because right now, this roster is amazing. This roster is probably the favorite in the East. They're going to be a title contender. But this isn't a lock. Rudy Gobert traded to Minnesota. Wow. What? For what? Bunch of guys, know. Beasley, whoever, probably. I'm, I'm getting this as it comes in, okay? And he's going to play next to Cat? I don't understand it. 
All right. They need a defense. It's, it's, it is a Woj tweet that he apparently wanted to get out so fast he didn't put any details because I think he knows somebody's coming out, coming <laughs> out behind it. it the, tr- the, 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 the tweet says only Utah is trading Rudy Gobert to Minnesota, nothing else. So let's wait for some details in here. This is another interesting and fun one to talk about uh, as well. But what the hell is going on? Unreal. What an off season so far. Yeah. Danny uh, making moves. Gets a first for Royce O'Neal and now trades Rudy. So they'll try to stick with Mitchell, it looks like. Unless they trade both, which I don't think is a bad idea for them because they are nowhere close to winning. So did you see – were you seeing on Twitter earlier today um, uh, uh, Windhorse had this funny segment where it was like he was like I heard about it I didn't see it. So it was interesting because he's like I'm telling you he's like the most interesting thing going on now is what's happening in Utah and let me tell you why I broke it down trading a starter for a first round pick for no reason at all and he's like and what he was clearly intimating is Utah's about to send everything packing. So just watch. You know like it's about to get something's happening in Utah, you know, uh, they brought in a rookie coach. Okay. Very young. And, and the comparison he said was, you know, when they hired, what happened when they hired Brad Stevens, they traded all their, they traded Durant. They, I mean, they traded Durant, they traded KG, they traded Pierce. And that was the parallel he was making. So now you've brought in a rookie head coach with no experience, signed him long-term. That was overse- ominous. Yeah. To oversee what? Okay. To oversee, you know, to a oversee rebuild. a rebuild potentially to grow with younger pieces, to bring in younger pieces and groom them. And that's what he was kind of thinking. He's like, something is really going on in Utah. So here we go. They're going to Danny, they're going to Danny process this thing all over again, acquire some picks and try to hit some home runs. The tank of Palooza heading into next year is pretty significant when you have potentially five difference making players uh, that people are knocking themselves out over to get into. And that's before the college season even begins. And four of these guys aren't even in the co- in the college ranks. You're talking G league elite sort of stuff. So um, th- there's some incredible names and a lot of teams are scrambling to get into that lottery for next year. So again, this is another reason why, if you're a team like the Celtics, great. Anybody wants to clear money and blah, 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 and take on this and that, we'll do it for you. Um, you got to wonder if Mitchell's the next move here. I mean, I, I can't see him staying. No, and I don't know where he ends up. In Miami would be interesting for him. They've long been connected to him. That's the hero thing. They could stack a couple of young guys out of that deal as well as some picks. But the the interesting deal I saw that could come together here and makes a lot of sense. Beasley, Beverly, Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, multiple first round picks. It's a straight dump. Yeah, it's it's matching salaries and and a bunch of um, bunch of uh, picks. So I wonder if if you're Brooklyn. How can you get involved here with the Lakers? Because we've talked about Durant on and on, but there's still this Kyrie situation that needs to be addressed. Kyrie, only destination that makes sense for him really is the Lakers, but the Lakers have to do something with Russ. So Utah, if they get enough picks, is Russ a landing spot for them? And then Kyrie would go to L.A. And then what goes back to the Nets? Would it be Mitchell? Is that enough? I don't know. And then maybe does Mitchell make Durant stay at that point? I don't know. But I, I don't know. 
this Irving component here is still the big one that's not being emphasized enough because the Lakers would love to have him. They got to figure out a way to get there, and then something's got to go back to the Nets. And is that a rebuilding piece for the Nets, or is that a piece that you use to pitch Durant on staying here? I wonder if you could do something like Irving to the Lakers, Russ to Utah with picks from both the Lakers and the Nets. Let's say it's those Philly picks from the Nets and then the Lakers picks in 27-29 and then Mitchell to uh, Brooklyn. And maybe Brooklyn sends them Seth Curry and something just to make it worth their while. It's possible. It's interesting. It's unbelievable. This didn't always used to be the way. The amount of big pieces and stars just constantly. I mean, the NBA offseason is just friggin' unbelievable. I know, and it's because no one's secure in their spots. If you want to leave a place, you can effectively do it. And is that a good thing for the league or a bad thing for the league? A lot of people bemoan it. Nick will give you probably 45 minutes on why this is a disaster, but we love it, and there's 2,000 people sitting in the room right now, and there's TV shows, and they moved it from midnight to 6 o'clock, so it's working somehow. It's working. It's interesting. It's interesting. And, yes, obviously the players have a lot of uh, – have a lot of problems. Oh, Let's inter- oh this is so Let's- crazy. I can't mention Durant to Boston, but Mitchell to Boston's like something that's so a great let, idea. Let's put it out there. The Mitchell to Boston, boys with Tatum, blah, blah, blah. It's out there. Um, it's been a thing that's been talked about. Um, but right now, if Utah is in a straight rebuild, I don't know what you're giving for Mitchell because it's just picks at this point. So, you know, uh, you know, a- again, what matching salary, Al Horford, you know, uh, no, you it's know. not enough. And it, you're not giving Brown for him. Cause we just saw Mitchell. Give they don't want the it. Store. They don't want it. They don't want Brown's not going there and re-signing in two years on a dead rebuild. So, I mean, no. you're, you're not going to make a trade. And like you don't want to do that. Even if they did want Brown, because Mitchell, again, every Rudy gets all the crap. Mitchell just gave up a historic amount of points getting targeted by Dallas in that series. I know. And he's fine offensively, but man, did he have the ball all the time for Utah. Just this volume scorer who shot a ton, efficient, great, led them on some nice runs. But what were they, a second-round team? I don't want to call him overrated, but man, Mitchell is not a transformative piece. Just, I, I get that desire to always, I always kind of equate this to like, you know, you have a fantasy football team and you're killing people, but you want the perfect team and you're always <laughs> looking for it. And like, if I just package this receiver and that, then I can get Kelsey and then I'm friggin', you know, and, and like, I feel like right now, everything that you're I thinking about Brown, the Mitchell, everything you're thinking about in terms of the Celtics is about like, it's just greed. You know, you're just looking at it and be like, Ooh, Mitchell. Ooh, Cause it's gettable. It's possible. You see, the teams are shopping guys and you're like should we you know and you start to kind of work yourself up i just rewind to where your mindset was just a couple months ago not yours everybody's just add some pieces and 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 run it back with this core you can do that now it's a really talented team that just added really good depth pieces um if you are going to make moves make moves to avoid to clear some redundancies and if that involves trading white or smart because you've got a couple of point guards that you're paying a lot of money to you don't want 60 million dollars maybe that's how you get your wing you don't want a 60 million dollars to point guard position but you've got both the tpe and the possibility of moving out a guard maybe that's how you get your wing at this point it's strengthening it's not you know blowing it up and adding a big superstar piece i just don't know that you you've got a lot you and know, this one's not right as now. exciting. We just kicked around like a Irving deal and uh, Mitchell. 
if Beasley here, I see him on the list in this trades going to Utah and they don't need him at all. Maybe you get him for like a second round pick right now and he goes into that TP. They've certainly been interested. I don't, in I don't love while. Mitchell. I think Mitchell would have made sense if you thought Brown was a goner and Mitchell wanted to play with his buddy. That's an easy swap to make, you know, something like that. Um, but I don't know. No, I'm not interested in Mitchell at all. Let someone else grab him. But you're right. I mean, the defense is scary when it's that bad. Yeah, and I don't know how he fits or anything else. I'm not even considering him because it's not really a path to get him, I don't think. I think there'll be better offers out there than what the Celtics could offer anyway. Uh, Beasley, though, that's a TP, guy, as I just mentioned there. So if he's on the move for a very low cost, wouldn't be a bad way to use it. Yeah. I think you're good now. I think you need that wing. I think you still have the TPE and you have the flexibility of, of now having the luxury of, you know, multiple point guards that you could theoretically trade, um, you know, if you wanted to. The thing is, though, I don't know. That's going to be any trade you make for a smart or a white is going to be need for need. It's not going to be a dump because yeah. no team's taking on multiple years at that salary. No, you don't want to dump those guys. If no, it's not a dump, meaning no team is going to give you one of their good players and take one of them back. It, they're going to say, I actually, it's going to be a team that needs a player like smart or white and has uh, excess at another particular spot and might make that swap straight up. You know, that, that would make sense. Like, would you do Derek white for Marcus Morris right now? Swapping no. those, swapping no. those salaries straight up. Have you and you and Joe Sway love the good old days. I'm just huh? saying, <laughs> I, I don't love Marcus Morris. I'm saying it's a it's salary for salary and filling a, a position of greater need where you do have a redundancy. No, right I'd now. rather have the guard. We talked about the really? value of having these guards because Brogdon's going to get hurt. And you're going to need guys who can step in for him and continue to produce at that spot. There's minutes for all of those guys. White's going to take a hit. No mistake about it. But you shoot 30% in the playoffs and miss all your threes since you arrived. And you're going to expect to take a hit. He's got to get back on his feet. He's got to figure out what his role is on this team. And for now, Smart and Brogdon are going to get the majority of the minutes here. And that's just the way it's going to go. Like, I don't think you can make a big stink if you're white playing the way he played during that run and maybe take a little bit of a minutes hit there. And Pritchard, who knows what becomes of him, but I, I, I understand. Find some minutes. I understand, but you have to be realistic. It's a salary cap league. Okay. You have, you cannot be devoting $20 million as depth pieces to, to, to players just because you think the guy, the two guys ahead of them on the depth chart might get hurt. You do not have the luxury. So would I trade white? Yes. You do not have the luxury in this league to pay that kind of money to insurance. It, um, you don't. So you're, you're talking about making the best use of your money. You cannot build a perfect team in a salary cap league when you're paying out $20 million, you know, to three different guys playing the same position. It doesn't make sense. So I think it, I think if you can find that type of wing player and you can move white or switch that out, that's something that I would trade white for a sense. wing. Yeah, yeah, I would. Because again, what's white going to be doing? Sending off the ball, missing threes as a catch and shoot guy, not playmaking all that much. Great defender, yeah. but you have great defenders. So that's a good point. Like, there's only so many slots you can fill and so many guys you can send in and out. You want to have a need at every position. You don't want to have a need at any position. You want to bring someone in who you don't for white, who you don't need into a spot on the wing that you do need. So that's a, that's yeah. a good way to look at it. Plus Pritchard could be that third emergency wing in that case. And, and, and so, that. yeah, so that's where you're at. Um, 
Uh, and then I'm, you need your big man, which I'm surprised Thomas Bryant hasn't signed in the time we've been on here. So I who knows like what I, they're kicking around? Yeah, I feel like everybody is pretty certain it's happening, but who knows? Um, you know what happens there? Uh, you know, Lakers, Celtics, we'll see. Um, so a lot happened. I mean, we could keep going. I mean, I'm almost like afraid to leave. I, Bobby, I was at the pool. I, was, I took the kids to the pool. And I, I was ran. wondering, I was like, is John at lunch? I haven't eaten all day. I, I have not food. eaten a morsel of food. I ran the girls to their swim lesson and I was at the pool swimming laps, Bobby. That's what I was doing. I'm, I, and, uh, and this broke and I had to friggin' gather them up and run back here um, <laughs> for this. At least you got it in. There's a there's a world where you're just sitting on the computer all day, and I wouldn't be I didn't get, for back again tonight. I didn't get them all in. I did. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to swim a little here's, bit more. Here's the deal: if if something else crazy happens, not like a Brian, but if something big happens here, we can reconvene tonight with the other guys and talk about it all. No, I, I'm back. I'll be back if we need it. But um, you know, uh, it's uh, this was worth it. Uh, obviously, there's a big appetite for it. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, middle of the afternoon, you know, uh, we had a bunch of people jump in for Gallinari. Twice as many here. Um, the uh, you know for uh, for for this, which is a huge deal and a huge signing. So uh, so what a deal! I mean, terrific. This is Thank you guys. It was worth it. I was having a good time at the pool. I'm more than happy to run back here uh, and uh, and uh, and and chat about this because it's big news, man. I mean, this is what you wanted, uh, and I didn't think they'd make a splash of this nature, uh, and I didn't think they could get a player of this caliber without giving up legitimate pieces. I'm just stunned at the return. So again, we're super psyched um, that this is where they're headed, uh, and it just gives you a lot of you know a lot of interest, a lot of excitement, a lot of things to talk about here. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to if if my scenario doesn't play out, I'm gonna have to mend fences with Jalen at some point. Just be like, it's it's business, whatever. Again, it's fine. Everybody gets it. Um, everybody gets it. And right now, do we need calm? Do you guys need some calm? Calm down. You're too excited. Don't get too high. You you we're too we're using calm for a different reason. Right. <laughs> okay. Before Bobby, what did we need calm for? Because to calm our rage. Now we've got to calm down because we're too excited. That's the first time we've ever had to do that. I can't believe Jan. This is 2022. We start the new year, red faces, angry, saying, blow this up. This is a disaster. They go to the finals. We're still like, oh, my God, they lost because they turned the ball over like crazy. We're angry for a different reason. And now I saw a comment to say it. They've never seen us so happy. It's incredible how this has flipped in six months. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's terrific. So, again, for those out there that don't know about it, uh, afraid to start something like meditation, check out Calm. Uh, our partner here at The Garden Report, calm.com slash garden, receive 40% off a Calm premium subscription. And, again, uh, the, uh, you know, for people who haven't experienced it, it's great. And we all use it on the garden report. Uh, and it really is terrific. Uh, Toscano Sherrod might be the biggest fans here. They, they swear by it. But again, we're talking about uh, curated music tracks, guided meditation, uh, just things that are going to help you relax your mind and body so you can get a good night's sleep. Uh, and it's really a, a, a massive way to jumpstart your day. So, uh, you know, this is something that you should check out. Please do it. Go to calm.com slash garden. Do I still have the prop? If yep. you show me the receipts, calm.com slash garden. Free Cedric Maxwell T-shirt, okay, from the Cedric Maxwell podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. There it is. Check it out. Send me the receipts. 
DM me, John underscore Zanis, and I will get you the t-shirt. I promise. Okay. Uh, as far as this goes, Bobby, we've got an hour plus. We will jump back on uh, if we need to. Uh, are we still looking at KD? Is Bobby still checking it out? We don't know. Of course I am. Come on. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Is he still thinking about it? You know, I, I feel like you, you were sitting in this chair all year saying, why wouldn't you think about Simmons? Why wouldn't you think about this guy, that guy for Brown? Now we're talking about the best player in the world, arguably, and you can't even think about it. It's unreal. It's not. I've thought about it, and I, and I get that. I get it. I've just kind of gone in the other direction with it. It That's is fine. what it is. Yeah, I, I'm just telling everybody think about it because you're in a really good <laughs> position to acquire him right now. Yeah. You might be in the best position to acquire him of any team. So you got to think about it. You might, you might, and I and I do think it changes the conversation here. I just don't like it. And again, as people are saying he's 35 in a few months, I think he's 34 in a few yep. months. He turns 34 in September, so he'll begin the season at 34. Brown's going to turn 26 early in the year. So you're looking at a solid eight-year difference there. And I think really that's what it comes down to with me is I, if I felt the Celtics window was closing and they had two years to win it, then I would say, yes, make this move. But I think you could potentially be building something for longer here, um, you know, in a four, five, six-year window with the core pieces that you have. And I just don't think Durant is reliable, both in terms of his age and um, him being a kind of a pouty flight risk Fair so enough. that's where i'm at with it it's not that he's you know uh whatever you're also talking about the major the achilles surgery and that injury i will say this people, you know the, so. the identity of your team the strength of your team and the strength of some of the best teams in the league right now a young active defensively strong uh, athletic yep. and you'd be taking away from that to get a more skilled guy who may not stay skilled for all that long so i get the people who don't want to do it but man you're talking about a piece that brings you up to that favorite status almost yep. immediately it's it's significant there and uh, Brogdon helps you too. Certainly right. Vegas thinks you are the favorite now. And the TPE world. is still available and there's a lot of stuff that can be done. So now the ma- massive flexibility here, you can trade pieces for a player. You can still, you can, I wonder you can- if it's one of those Clippers wings. You, you like Morris. Could it be Powell? Could it be Kennard? Could it, they have a million wings. Could it be Caruso? Could it be, you know, like there's some, some names out there. There's different people. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens here. So, uh, we got a lot, the possibilities are still it's amazing for a team without a ton of flexibility to have been able to pull off what they've pulled off so far and you still have a tpe and now you've got pieces on your roster that you might be able to package um and trade so there's still a lot that could happen on what i thought was going to be kind of a dud of an offseason which would have been a scrap heap mle pickup and a partial use of a tpe to get a useful if not you know, but not necessarily outstanding player. That's that's as good as you're going to get here with that. I, I might have liked Herder a tad better, but Brogdon's a terrific piece here, and it I definitely Brogdon addresses more than Herder. It addresses a need they definitely thought they they had. Yeah. Um, so for people out there wondering with the Marcus thing, I mean, they clearly identified this as a need and went out and uh, and and which made I move. find interesting. Going back to our conversation, so it's we'll see how they shake that out. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, TP still out there. Minimum need a big. Yeah. I thought, yeah. You cleared a bunch of roster spots here too, by the way. Fitz, uh, How Stauskas, right, and Morgan go out. So you cleared three roster spots. What's that about? We'll see. 
Yeah. So um, what I need you to do, Bobby, is I need you to get to the pool or get outside because you got to our, our 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 shades right now are 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 so. Are going I don't know what's going directions. on. I've been outside a decent amount, but yeah, this is just my skin yeah. right here. Look, if I get close, do I get a little more tan? I you know I brown pretty easily. It just is what it is. I so. think it's the screen. I'm a little more tan than I look. You right are now. all right. Good. Yeah. Then fine. Um, that's fine. That's yeah, I'll fine. go take. Maybe a I'll change. I'll change my lighting and see if I can pale myself up. I'm actually probably a little darker than I appear here. I've, I'm blasting light on me right Listen, now. Listen, I'd rather be like this than burnt red. So think about that. Yeah, no, I'm baked in now. Once I got once I got through that first wave, I did a show about a week ago where I was a little bright red here. Now, now I'm <laughs> now I'm just crispy yeah. That doesn't brown. happen to me. Yeah, crispy brown. Anyway, thanks guys for hanging out. This was awesome. We had a, a great crowd here, so we do appreciate it. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, Aussie Phil, thanks, guys in Australia, 4 a.m. Uh, love it. Um, this is more great. We'll be to, back. Yeah, More stuff to come on clnsmedia.com out of all this, by the way. Yeah, check out Bobby's writing. He's going to be all over CLNS Media. And again, um, uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channels. Give us a follow here on Twitter. The handles are up on the screen. John underscore Zanis, Z-A-N-N-I-S, or at Real Bob Manning. You can also follow us at Celtic CLNS. Uh, and we will, you know, you'll receive notifications if and when we're going to go live um, and uh, be able to hit, sit here and chat basketball and, and, and check out your comments uh, and hang out with you guys. We do enjoy it. It is fun for us as well. So again, uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channels, turn on your notifications, follow us on Twitter, uh, and we will see you the next time something happens. We